All right, welcome everybody. This is the Joe Danier podcast. I am your host, Joe Danier. A little bit about me: I am a, an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm a huge advocate for business, and and not business in the um, you know the the corporate sense, but when when people. Um, get it in their mind that they want to make changes or they want to make customizations or they want to bring something into existence. That's the part that I'm all about, the imaginative side of our spirit where we solve problems and we fix things and we make things better. I think that's a human pursuit, and I think it's built into our genetics to always be, uh, you know, kind of propelling ourselves and and humanity forward in that respect. So uh, sort of what a little microcosm, a little version of that during this podcast here is to bring up topics that are swimming around in my head and they're intended to be sort of a provocative catalyst and even if you're not thinking along any of these same grounds maybe it will provoke some thoughts into your head uh, and maybe it'll give you a different trajectory today and that's the that's the you know, the, the drive behind all of this is creating new and different inspirations on a regular basis to keep you in the game and keep you motivated. Uh, the, one of the biggest principles of, of success in, in my experience at to this point is not having the best and most flashiest idea, not having the deepest pockets and most finances and not being connected to the most people is having the persistence to stay in the game. And most of the time, when life guns at you and tries to make sure whatever pursuit you're on, that you become a failure, like when it's really gunning for you, it doesn't have a long horizon, right? It gives up on you. And if you haven't given up by the time that it's done gunning for you, sometimes you just win, not because you were stronger, because you outlasted. And I see that more and more, uh, you know, as I, as I have exposure to more and more entrepreneurs and people, and it just became, it's just become a reality to me and and almost a law uh, that governs. If I could just hang out in something long enough, I usually will win at it um, for whatever reason. All right. So today's topic is not going to be persistence. It's going to be emergency. And, uh, you know, we, we do live in this world where there is an immense draw to the dramatic. People pay attention to the crisis. And and if you've you've known two types of people, you you know one type that seem to always be in crisis and always be in a state of emergency. And it is so productive in their world that almost when there's not a crisis happening, their purpose is being unfulfilled. So crisis not only has to be manufactured when it's not there, it has to set the environments that attract crisis to it. And that's that, that is the uh, the the. Um, you know, the, the topic today and if, you know, you should want to avoid crisis. So let me talk about this in two terms. I want to talk about the energy that is created from the crisis, because when when people attract crisis and emergency to them, it's that energy draw that's so necessary in our world. And having crisis and emergency is just one strategy for achieving that energy. So if you if you sort of look at, at my my social media presence, I am always in this push-pull between chaos, right, and then organization. So my logical brain wants to keep things compartmentalized and organized and structured and spreadsheeted and really regimented, right? But then it gets so boring and regimented that you don't exact much change. You go towards defensive safeties instead of offensive creations. And so I have to then, once I get enough uh, structure and enough organization, I have to go create some entropy 
to create some energy of movement. So then I have something to then organize. And, and so that's when, when you have both of your brains firing in the right proportions that you don't have all chaos and you don't have all organization, because I think too much of either one is not very, uh, you know, very good for you. We work with a lot of artists, musician, really left brain people, really imaginative people. So they create a whole lot of energy, but then it's never lassoed and corralled and put in some kind of, you know, compartment that monetizes that creativity. And you'll notice a lot of people that are super talented on the imaginative side. Like they can create some stuff, have no money. They, they, they just can't figure out a way to take that energy and translate it down to something that puts something in their bank account or puts some opportunity in their stable. And that's where I come in. A lot of, you know, my pursuits are to help people make that translation. But I run across a whole lot of people that are insistent that the chaos is where it's at. And the problem is that they are blowing up their structure every time they invite those emergencies in, into their world. So they're always starting over, right? They There's never a time where they can just uh, resume where they left off because they use the blow-up scene to, to attract the energy in those emergencies and crisis. And then they, they can only deal with those crises in a single dimensional. They get a lot of chemical responses. So they get the, you know, the, the dopamines and that stuff that those feel good chemicals in their brain, but they don't have the structures to be able to take advantage of it. So they have to constantly set up those new structures. It's very, um, the strategy is really good to invite the crisis in the burning and burning down the structure is very bad because you can't fully take advantage of those entropies. So you'll, if you wandered around in my world, you'll see, hey, Joe, you're talking about uh, these, this, these entropic events that you know have so much potential, but also so much danger and risk involved. You do this all the time. How can you, you know, talk shit about it? you know, this way. Well, those are the disciplines of attracting it are you will see me uh, invite it with tons of preparation, right? It's not something that I wander through and bump into. It's like, all right, well, I'm at a a, a strong point in finances and a strong point in time and a strong point in relationships. It's time to spend some of this surplus in the others, other departments into a risky proposition, into a not for sure thing. Uh, and, and then sometimes that, that surplus will purchase the, uh, you, you know, the entropy and the energy that I need to attract some kind of new opportunity. And then I put it back into my organizational structure and I actually have a net benefit from having expense. Remember I am spending surplus, on these risky things. So let's just say, let's kind of create a, a little bit of a metaphor here. Uh, you Let's just say you are a gambler, right? And you only want to gamble with surplus. Well, what would that mean? How would you know if you're dealing with something surplus? So maybe before you go into a Friday night out at the casino, that you pay all of your bills, you fund all of your uh, retirements and your, your investments, you put money away and you do your retained earnings for a rainy day and whatever's left in the palm of your hand is, is what would be considered your surplus. If you did this for a couple of weeks and you notice like every week you've had a surplus and then you're like, hey, you know what? That surplus isn't buying new stuff for me. So let me take some of my extra surplus and take a risk with it. And then if I lose, it was just surplus. It wasn't like I come back to the table and now I can't pay my my rent or I can't fund my retirement or I can't do those extra things because I risked not surplus. I risked 
you know, spoken for money already. And that's what we're talking about, where I can go create some crisis if I've got extra health to spend. So, you know, if you're, let's use another, uh, you know, example of, you know, your your immune system's at its highest. You, you've been sleeping well, you've been exercising well, you've been eating all the right foods, and, and you feel really good and strong. Well, it's time to spend that. Let's add some, you know, entries into our immune system. Let's go hang out with some new people and, you know, swap some spits with people, lick some doorknobs with people, and know that I'm expensing some of my you know, my immune system to add to the total directory of things that I have, um, you know, I have in my, you know, antibodies for and whatever. Well, what's going to happen? You're going to sacrifice some of your health, but you're probably not going to notice it because you went into it. I use that as an absurd, absurd example. You're not licking doorknobs or swapping spits with people, but you get the example, like the more uh, confident you are in your surplus, the more risks that you more calculated risks that you can take on. And sometimes I've taken risks and gotten nothing for it. Right. And then sometimes I let myself open to things that I didn't quite know what was going to happen, but I was open to letting something happen. And it, on the downside, I minimize the downside risk by knowing that I won't wouldn't fall in ill health. Now, if if, you know, I'm more likely to throw a Hail Mary pass when I'm desperate. Right. End of the game. It's, I'm going to lose if I don't do it for sure. And I'm running out of time. I'm I'm taking this risk. Well, what would happen if I did that on, you know, every down? Right. I'm taking a risk that has a very low uh, potential of working out and I'm building it into the plan. That's not a, it's not a good strategy. The person who runs five yards and gets four or five yards every run has a be way better chance than me if I throw, you know, 75 Hail Mary passes during the game. And I use a lot of examples there, but let's go back to the original target with the people who always have a tendency to be in a you know, a, a emergency state or at least taking risks when they're not very healthy. And then always has a story to tell about how, you know, that they're most unlucky people, uh, you know, imaginable. They almost feel like a victims of circumstances when you watch them throwing Hail Marys and like, okay, well, I could have told you before you take the strategy that that's not a good plan. And that if it works out, cool, you're going to get some dopamine and you're going to say, wow, it's going to basically give you a support that somehow taking risks like you know the the guy that goes gambling at one time and wins a thousand dollars well that's dangerous because that dude didn't have 27 losses to feel the negative pain they got one win and now they feel like every time they go to the casino they're going to get a win out of it and that's a really dangerous state of mind i mean we're primitive beings and you've we've all been there that are you know our our our, our logical brain sometimes doesn't get the, the higher voice. Our emotional voice gets magnified more than our, our logical one sometimes. So back to them, you know, these people, uh, you want to bring them into the fold where they're maybe skewing it and rather being uh, so likely to take on those risks. Let's, let's go take some more reasonable and measured risks. Let's try to deprive ourselves from the chemicals of the emergency and watch your life spring back to the other version where it's nice and boring. Right. Would you take boring over risk any day? Well, it depends if, if boring is giving you an output where you're getting some value because of your boringness, then you're going to want to do it more often. And same thing if you're if your risks are, are paying the bills and you want to take more risk. But I'm saying let's I want you to be more measured where you want it to be just as boring as risky and the stuff you're doing 
you know, let's enjoy some of those risks that we're doing. So we're not uh, having a net loss be associated every time we want to take a risk. Uh, and, and because then we just filed away as it's gambling. And I don't want your risks to be gambles. I don't want it to be desperate attempts. And I don't want it to be gambles. I want you to take a risk to invite entropy that helps become a catalyst that helps you get into new territories that you would otherwise don't make sense on the spreadsheet. That's where I want the, the, the role to play. All right. Till next time, this is the Joe Danier podcast.